right, guys, I had a bit of a kerfuffle there. Here we go. like me welcome back to the bible study girl podcast this is sarita but you probably know me as bible study girl and practicing his falsetto to get our hello perfected is none other than the executive producer of this podcast bible study brother what's up people it's bible study brother also known as icarus gray over at gray area anime and this is the most wonderful podcast of your day so glad you guys are back and you're able to join us again today we're taking a little walk um we've discussed our grief journey pretty much this whole season because that's the season of our life that we're in right now and in dealing with grief a lot of times a counselor a therapist a psychiatrist a psychologist is a good choice, uh, a good resource to use to help you get through, to help walk you through the valley of the shadow of death. I know pastors um, are often overwhelmed. I have lots on their plate. They not only have to teach you the word of God, help you apply it to your life, but then they counsel you through your marriages and just they're overwhelmed. They have so many things going on. So I'm not saying you shouldn't talk to your pastor. I believe you should. But I also believe you should reach out to someone who has been trained to help people specifically through these seasons of their lives. Um, and you can have both at the same time. I know my therapist or the family therapist that we will see regularly is actually, he was a pastor for 20 years uh, and he retired from pastoring full-time to uh, work uh, in the mental health field he's a psychologist uh, so he's very instrumental in helping me and my family so today I wanted to talk about uh, my experiences to talk about thinking of mental health uh, what is that what does that look like and really specifically to talk about the experiences I've had since I've been going down through these grief streets. Anything you'd like to add? Yes. I thought uh, you put your finger well, up. I did for a second because I'm going to switch over my internet, guys. It's going a little slow. I want to make sure that she's not uh, choppy, blippy. Uh, but what I wanted to say as I'm doing that is a lot of the time, I think that people will make it seem as though... Uh, there needs to be this overwhelming pressure or, or this overwhelming grief or overwhelming anything for you to go and seek help. And that's not the general case of um, when you should actually be doing these things um, because it shouldn't always just be when the burden has broken your back that you're seeking uh a therapist. And I think that so many of us make it seem like you have to be crazy um, or that you can't just talk about your daily life, refocus, check your mental state. Um, I know that it's such a new experience for a lot of people to actually delve into mental health and the fact that the way you think of yourself, the way you think of the world 
the way your emotions affect you uh, change your day to day. So, you know, as we have this conversation that, you know, that's the reason like and it's not just a spiritual thing um, in, in the regards that, you know, like uh, Bible study girl said, talking to your pastor every day is not the only means of getting therapy. And technically they're not trained therapists. They can tend to your spiritual in a lot of different ways, but God also uh, blessed people with the talents and gifts to walk you through mental things that are plaguing you. Correct. I think you made a brilliant point in your statement the part that I caught when the internet caught back up what you were saying, the part that I caught, great filibustering, by the way, the part that I caught was that you should not wait until you're in crisis, in crisis mode to seek a therapist. You can, I mean, if, if, if you are at the end of your rope and you're finally like, yes, I need to seek a therapist, go ahead and see one. But I'm saying you shouldn't wait till you are at your very last to go seek help. And I'm going to tell you why, you know, we've been seeing our family therapist for, I really don't even know at this point. It's been years. It's been over five years. It's almost um, eight or 10. Yeah. Um, It's been a long time. Like the only reason I can track that is because Uncle Michael died when I was 24 got it uh, and so it's been a long time you know we we I think we went about a six months maybe a year after that yes we did go see him after uncle michael was murdered because grief brings up if you already have fractures in your family mm-hmm. if you already have a an unhealthy relationship grief has the tendency or even the potential just to make it worse and so the cracks that we had in our immediate family were definitely exemplified when uncle michael was murdered mama brought up the idea of i think we need to go to therapy i was very resistant to it i was like why why we need a therapist like it just don't make no sense but mama was struggling so much just in general with the Mm -hmm. the murder of uncle michael just it was a lot a lot of weight on us and I thought to myself if this is the only way she'll get some help is if we all go you know we all go that is how we preface that at the time because we I I because initially I was about to be like well I thought that like it had got really bad in terms of our dynamics our dynamic was bad but I still didn't want to go to therapy but she was doing so bad I was like if this is the only way that she'll even put her foot in the door, then we all going. And so that's how we started. So we started our therapy journey. Um, I almost said his name out loud, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for muting my tongue. <laughs> Yo, it's crazy. Uh, the interesting thing is people do contact me like off air to ask me, so what therapist are you seeing? And I'm going to tell this story and then I'm going to get back to our therapy story. But, uh, so I did have somebody reach out to me and <laughs> they ended up going to see him, but it was so funny because they was like, Oh, he's not what I expected at all. It was hilarious. <laughs> like, she was like, cause I thought, but yeah, anyway, Mm-mm. uh, 
Just a side note. But I think that's another influencing thing. Even though he's always been himself, we listen, man. We we are we are infectious. Uh, so he, um, I will say, when we started therapy, I didn't like it. I'm not gonna lie. I wasn't like, oh great, we get to go to therapy again, guys. Woo! But to get back to the whole point of why I said you made such a good point not to wait until you were in crisis. So we did go see a therapist because we were in crisis. He helped walk us through that. And he also saw the need for us to seek individual therapy sessions outside of our family time. Like, <laughs> you know, I really think it would be nice if me and you could talk together one-on-one, um, even if it was like about a certain situation that was going on in our family. And he used that time to kind of like delve deeper and deal with me personally on well, you know, I think this will help if you, you know, if you work on this, I think, you know, you can't change the family, but you can change you. And I think if you work on this, this will be helpful. And I'm so thankful I had a relationship with him established before we had all the loss that we had last year. Cause it makes a difference when I walked into well, not walk. Cause COVID was still going crazy. And I think my first time, my first session seeing him, after I'm trying to think I don't think I saw him immediately after Tamika passed Mm-mm. I think it was after everybody passed that I saw him mm. and when I told him just you know that Tamika had passed of course Tamika is somebody that I would reference in therapy because she was part of my everyday life and especially because me and Tamika went through a horrible storm when I got engaged. Like our relationship was trash. You want to talk a bit big trash? So he heard me talk a lot about her in therapy sessions. So I didn't have to give him that backstory. I didn't have to explain my family dynamics to him. When my life really went downhill and stuff hit the fan, I didn't have to spend time waiting through those things to try to get him to understand he already knew and it's because I had a relationship that existed prior to everything that I went to went through and it makes a difference if you have an established relationship with the therapist your therapy sessions are more productive and it and they are really able to help you see things from a different point of view uh, to give you practical things that you can do. Cause I'm big on practical tips. Like we can talk about my problems all day long. And that's one thing too. I like about sermons. I don't like a sermon. that's just hooping and hollering and you shouting and sweating and you ain't told me what to do. Like, okay, so now how am I supposed to walk this thing out? Um, and so that's one thing I love about therapy is it gives me practical tips and tools, next steps. This is what you could do. Try this. And, you know, and come back and tell me how you liked it or if it didn't work. I will say, okay, so with all that said, when everybody passed away, I had him to lean on, to talk to, to cry it out with. And, like, for him to tell me, you know, it's okay for you to not be so focused on trying to heal the world and trying to do ministry like you need to sit down somewhere because while you're trying to help everybody else, you're going to end up breaking yourself. And so 
I took his advice to heart and he was like, and I'm going to tell you, you know, if I feel like you're doing too little, I will tell you that. If I feel like you're doing too much, I will tell you that as well. Like he's very familiar with me and how I operate and how my life goes. So he was able to give me good practical advice about where I was in my journey through this grief thing. But guys, guess what happened to me? I got a new job at the end of last year. And with the new job, now all these years I've been able to see him. And I will tell you something about me. I don't mind switching jobs. <laughs> so, no. so I've had several different insurance companies through the whole time that I've seen him, but there's never been a point in time when he wasn't covered by my insurance. And I wouldn't necessarily think to look to see, ooh, you know, well, they covered this particular doctor. It didn't occur to me. And so for my new job, I just knew he would be on my insurance plan. And he was not. So here I am going through one of the worst storms of my life. And the man that I seek counsel from to kind of help me stay on track through my grief journey is no longer an option for me. And this is why I'm reiterating again, it is good to have a therapist and an established relationship with a therapist before you enter crisis mode. Because I'm in full crisis mode. Yes, we had a relationship established, but things have changed. New job, new insurance. So now I have to find a new therapist. <laughs> the first lady that I met with, I was having a real bad day. We met on Zoom. And I don't think meeting in person wouldn't have been better. Because I probably would have cussed her in person. Um, she didn't get it. She was not it for me. And I think I'm, that happens because everybody doesn't mesh. Everybody doesn't gel. I already told you initially I was reluctant to go to therapy because this is a new person I have to let into my life. And really for it to be effective, I have to be honest with them. Like this is the one person I don't need to lie to you know like I need to be honest with you you really cannot help me become a better version of myself if I'm giving you a whitewash version of myself I gotta keep it real with you and tell you what I'm really thinking like I gotta tell you what it is and what it ain't y'all I met this lady I believe her heart is pure I believe she really wants the best for her patients, but the level of distress I was in and her level of help and suggestions, I was like, okay, well, we, mm -hmm, I hear exactly what you're saying. Okay. Mm. Ended our session. I immediately contacted Bible study brother, my mama, and Chantel, and was like, what you think about this? And they were all like, what? <laughs> she said, what? 
Yes, with tears streaming down my eyes. This is what this lady told me. <laughs> Clearly, we're not on the same wavelength. And so I said that to say, I do think it'll take time to find your right person, to find a person that you feel like could be good counsel for you. And like, like I said, for somebody else, that lady may be perfect counsel. Even my therapist, my previous therapist that I love and would love to go see again, but you know, paying for therapy out of pocket is like, um, it's a big difference. Um, even my relationship with him has to be cultivated over years. It wasn't an overnight thing. And also somebody else may go see him and be like, he ain't it for me. I mean, it's, it's, you do have to find the therapist for you, but I'm firm believer that, especially from my personal experiences, that therapy makes a tremendous impact and difference in your life in a positive way. You're open to it, if you're truly open to it and truly open to being open and letting somebody else in and letting somebody give you good, sound insight. Mm. You still chewing? I was. Um... <laughs> Let me tell y'all this also. This man ate a whole meal before we started podcasting. I still ain't ate. And now he over here snacking like, are you pregnant? <laughs> Listen, I mean, I hope I'm sympathetically pregnant. For sure. <laughs> That'll make me happy. If this is a prophetic podcast, for sure, I'll take it. I'll take whatever mojo I can get. Um, <laughs> but... What I was going to add to it is what I've learned from people. We don't have a very big perspective, right? So you and I are foodies. We love food. Talk about it all the time. We love all kinds of food. So if we, <laughs> if she and I go to a Mexican restaurant, right? And the food is bad. You know what we don't do? We don't square off all Mexican food. We just find another restaurant. We go and try something different. If there's a recipe or if there's some, like, it's especially during our gluten-free period. Like, there were so many terrible things. But there were so many. but there were great things that we found like, oh, okay, cool. Like I could probably do this. We didn't go back to that lifestyle because forget that. But the point I'm making is you kind of have to be open to the fact that the first person might not understand you. Um, the same way that like you so many of us will go and get a second opinion with doctors and and things of that nature. You also need a second opinion on you know, who's handling your mental health and the care that they're going to take with it. Uh, I almost said his name too. Uh, what I appreciated the most about him is that, you know, even though I've technically only been to therapy enough times to catch on my hand and I count on my hand and I need to go way more often, but I procrastinate on a lot of things in that nature. Um, but also it's hard it's not an easy, it's not an easy go, honestly, just being real. Cause he's going to require something of you. Oh yeah. I think that, that was my first stop is he, he initially wanted me to go 
to uh, grief groups. And I was like, mm-hmm. And then I never came back. <laughs> Did not come back <laughs> until I was married and like doing some marriage counseling. And then again, did not come back until World War Three with me and Bible study girl to prepare us for one time. <laughs> but again, he is so like everything that he says is was nourishing. Whether I wanted to hear it, whether we didn't want to hear it or not, because the conversation we had, because what's funny, and and I can, he's between the three of us, Sarita is the favorite. Um, <laughs> the reason I know this <laughs> is because in World War Three, like I knew my reasons for 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 starting the war, quote unquote, and. Uh, because she talks about everything in her therapy sessions. When I came to have mine prior to her, it was more like, huh, so you uh, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, there was a little spice. I, I don't know if he meant it, but it was, a, it was a little spice. And I was like, oh, I, I know who the favorite is. I get it. I, I see what's going on here. You know, and it wasn't like in a bad way, but it was one of those again added family members that we have and you can kind of tell like uh-uh when people when people get that one going you know what i'm saying like i uh uh-uh, we can't have it um <laughs> <laughs> but the variety of kind of understanding what it is that you need and where you need it um you we can't we, go ahead i was just going to say we have to be more aware of the fact that a lot of things affect us um, mm-hmm. you know, we spent the greater part of, let's see, three or four years, you know, not really dealing with grief. Uh, we didn't really deal with, you know, we grieved Mama Patri, but there were other things that we did that didn't really deal with it. And it wasn't right. until we were like, we saw that coming in a, in a, in a way. You know, it's not no, we like we definitely saw her passing coming. I think one of the things for me, the reason I really sought therapy is because it's one thing to see someone passing away before your eyes and to know they're going. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean it's any less sad, doesn't mean it's any less tragic. But to have somebody taken away from you by other people, and those people are free and not in jail and you know what they did and the police know what they did and you're not doing anything to fix it or for us to feel like we get justice on this side of glory that's a different kind of pain to lose somebody by murder is a different kind of pain that I wouldn't wish on anybody it changed who I was as a person and not in a good way. It, it really did change me. And I know it changed everybody in our family. I was actually talking to our cousin the other day about something. And she brought up to me. She was like, you know, I really don't think I have still grieved his death. Like, I don't think I have even really, like, tapped into that. Because it's so unbelievable. I think i just been stuck on mad, you know? Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. But I also think that. The thing that God and, and I can see what God where God was laying his path for me at that time. Um, I've always been empathetic 
mentally to to people's plights and like not wanting to I can see both sides of, of a lot of different things, or at least I try to. Um, and when all of that happened, because of how fiery you were, like in my mind, like at that point in time, there was no room for me to be that. You know, and I remember a lot Somebody of Somebody had to be calm. Somebody, and I, like we couldn't out we there were so many of us that were on like yes. what's what's the hottest hot? But I, I think that that was the start of what you, you know, what you talked about with me in terms of dealing with Tamika's death, in terms of dealing with everyone's death at this point, in terms of things that I had to step up and do and in, in, in that in the face of, you know, many things, given who I am, you know, Chantel's surprise of, of stuff that I did, it started there because the thing was at the time we were attempting to get justice and trying to move a lot of things around. And so we were trying to get news coverage and and a lot of different things that we were trying to do. And the thing that is earnest and true about uh, my sister is she is a surgeon with words. I may be an artist. I may paint with words. They are my muse. I'm not a surgeon, like in the way that she's a surgeon, meaning if I'm mad at you, yes, I can say something that will cut you to the core. And that is a skill that I picked up from her. But I'm not a master at it because I will I just be all over the place. Like I'm just it, it's vile. It's it's bad if I'm mad. But in that moment, I was like, hey, you should probably do this. <laughs> Remember that this is, you know, like I, I do understand what you're going through, but I also understand that we have to. We have to approach this this way. There were things going on at the same time. Like, like, I, like she said, she would leave a job quickly. Folks was talking crazy, not doing what they needed to do. And she was already on a million. They don't know it because that's not how she carries herself. And I'm like, I'm trying. I'm saving folks left <laughs> and right. And now that is something very true about me. I could be having the worst day of my life. I could be, oh, all of 2021, baby, you talking about somebody depressed. You talking about somebody that's doing therapy with kids. And like, there were days that I literally had to leave work because I knew I wasn't going to be able to get myself together. Like I would cry during therapy sessions with kids and, you know, not like, but like tears leaking out my eyes. There's nothing I can do about it. Like, but for the most part, if you don't, even if you do really know me, for the most part, I'm very good at hiding my feelings, hiding my emotions, appearing fine and normal. Um, and could be having the worst experience of my life, the worst time of my life. And so I'm sure you did have to save a lot of people that didn't know. Oh, she, she in cut you mode. Oh, no, I've saved. So as we say that mental health and stuff, right? So, and just kind of tying this back to the conversation and kind of realizing when I had to be the other side of things. Like, I don't do anger very well. When I'm actually angry, it's not, it ain't pretty, it ain't good. I ain't, I don't care about nothing. Like, I'm going to tell you whatever it is I need to tell you. And if you're not listening, it's just going to escalate further. If you be inside, like, and this is because I dealt with two women who like, that ain't going to work for me. So if and like the matter I got, the more petty and or calm they would that they would be, 
So I, I ain't got no like if I'm on 10, you're you you thinking that you're pushing something like that you gonna win. Oh no, nah, baby, you're gonna lose at some point. Like, just don't push it that far. But anyway, the reason I'm saying all of this stupid stuff, um, <laughs> or not stupid stuff, but but the reason I'm bringing all that up is because I remember the moments of being calm for you during another tumultuous situation. I think this is the first time where I'm like, all right, it's time to get some action. We finna go do this. I'm finna handle up. And the trauma of it is like, uh, in the episode before this, y'all hear how I'm a hype man for my sister. I am. Whatever. Like, I ride for my sister. My sister was my first best friend. And through in and everything, you know, took me on my first date, you know, just then taught me about life in all kinds of different ways. And so if you mess with her, you messing with me. But I also realized that I've always realized, like, if I lose control of my calmness so to speak in situations like that then nothing good is going to come of it like i don't know what's going to happen then but i realized that because in that in this situation that i'm speaking of she was like no i don't don't you know she yelled at me she's all she's going through what she's going through and it's probably like shut up boy like i ain't got time for this or whatever at the time but i just took it at in that moment as oh okay I ain't fine. I'll chill out. I'll step back. I ain't got to, you know, folks ain't got to be six feet. It is what it is. If that's what you'd like. Um, and the mental hurdles of going through like all of these different things, um, you got to talk to somebody because there are so many situations where like you don't know how something actually affects you. You can say that you do. But your body and your actions speak way louder than what it is you're thinking at times. You talked about this before when we talked about our forgiveness episode um, and how your body physically holds on to like unforgiveness. Mm -hmm. But your body also holds on to trauma that you've experienced in childhood, trauma you've experienced in relationship with other people. And it weighs on you. It literally makes you sick. And we talk a lot about going to the doctor to get medicine and mental health is even more important than that. Like your brain and the things that you think have a tremendous impact on the way you literally feel on the way your body literally feels. So it is so important to seek help. I think everybody should have a therapist. I'm not saying you go every day. And when I talk about therapy and seeing this therapist for all these years, I might see him once every three months. If I'm going through a really tough period of time, he might say, hey, I want to see you again in a couple of weeks so we can see where we, you know, how you doing, how things are going. Especially when I first started seeing him after everybody died, He wanted to see my face on a regular basis to make sure I wasn't going to walk off into traffic. But over the course of my years in therapy, it's not always been that way. I don't go to a therapist every week um, or even, like I said, every month. Generally, it's like if things are okay and I'm not in a crisis mode, it's just like, let me check in with you. I want to talk about this. Let's, you know, hash this out. Um, 
I think it's so important. There have been so many people lately that have committed suicide. And from the outside looking in, you would assume there's nothing wrong. And I would say I'm a very big, uh, I'm a prime candidate for appearing like everything is okay and it's not. Prime and that's another reason. And that's well, another reason why I'm with me because I, I know I'd be knowing, but go ahead. You, if I don't want you to know, you won't know. Listen, at this point, I you have so many tales, you don't think you do the same way that I have tales. I mean, my tales are more obvious because I mean, my yeah, emotions, no matter what they are, are just on my face, but yours are the same in the sense that it's like, so when you're doing your this thing that you think you are so great at, uh, you become more like you get way more focused. Like, and it's the clearest tale in the world. It's just like, you're like, well, I did this, I did that, da, 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 blah, 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 blah. But if there's like no fun within any of that, you're not all right. You was just focusing on the job. Um, right. Or like the things you will eat are also indicators to how you feeling, if you had a bad day or if you didn't have a bad day. Um, That's true. What you will watch on TV, if if or if not, you will keep a workout regimen going because majority of times you have something that you're doing. So if you're like, whether or not you call me, if I have not received a call, you know, in a certain amount of time in a day, you've probably had a couple of bad days. You just didn't want to talk about it because if you had picked up the phone, you would have talked about it to me. Like you, you ain't as your, your mental health is clear, sis. Like I know, like I just listen to things well, you, you say. Do, but I'm, I'm saying for the typical. I think you would know. Chantel would probably know, but only. And I'm gonna tell you something. This is like funny. Um, she always be like, <laughs> well, not always, but she really does. Like at least once a month, she'll be like, "So how's my strong friend doing? Like outside of being strong, like how are you really?" Um, and I remember her asking me that question sometime in 2021. I don't know when it was, of course, after everybody had died and she asked me that question. I said, oh, girl, I'm fine. And I went on to describe my day and the things I was doing and what had happened. And she was like, so what you're telling me is you're not fine. <laughs> because the thing that happens. Exactly. But you're right. Joe. I, I told you like because you think. <laughs> Because you are so delusional that you think by telling facts that you're not telling an emotion. Right. I was like, oh, I'm fine. I <laughs> like, did she'll be she like, like, I was you know, she was like, so what you're telling me is you're not fine because, bruh. you know, you did this. And, you know, that means that blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, hmm, you're right. <laughs> she will be like. I um I got up and it's like you know I was crying a little bit because she's saying facts and she's not saying them with a like but I'm, no 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 that wouldn't even be what I said to her but like once she broke it back down to me I'm like girl you know what I'm not fine you <laughs> but I mean I'm saying but you're saying things as facts and I'm like bro that's not like none of that says you're fine like you'd be like <laughs> you know I went into um Walmart and uh, you know I. Went by the jungle juice. I didn't grab any. Um, and you know, I got some. But raisins. all of those red flags, mama would know if something was wrong with no, me. No, the regular person, I wouldn't argue in the regular person. It's just when you said, if I don't yeah. want you to know, I was like, 
ma'am, <laughs> hold on. <laughs> like let's let's but let's I'm cut. I'm just saying, like the reg. I I would think like outside of y'all, I could camouflage my life to other people, and they would think I'm. Fine. Oh, like, actually, no. Here, like you have tails everywhere. This is how people know because your aura is so strong. Like the people that work with you, because again, there's the. I've, I've always said this at her funeral. There's going to be, uh, if she goes before me, um, God forbid, uh, I have to do, I have to speak, but I have to speak about how you knew my sister. I have to speak about whether you knew my sister or you knew the sister she gave you. <laughs> um, Did you know work Sarita? Did you know Sarita? Yes. Uh, like, like really let, let, let's, let's check this out. Because in most instances, um, <laughs> I already said, I don't know if it was this podcast or the other one. I'm very inappropriate. That is mm-hmm. one of my signatures. Mm-hmm. And if you know me, like for real, for real, you know, I'm very inappropriate. Yeah, but it's just, uh, <laughs> but that's another thing. Like you're systematic people are the easiest people to, to, to see. That's the other reason why I'm saying it's not as covert as you think it is. Because we're systematic. Like, if I go to work, this is how I handle my work. This is how you handle your cases. This is how I handle my children. I, but here's, here's the thing. I feel like everybody should have, like, I don't feel like work, especially my work environment, is an appropriate place to be all the way. No, 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 no. Yeah. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is because you're so systematic, when you're still going in trying to be professional, there are your body's still doing things that are like, no, we should not be doing this. We need a rest. Uh, you know, in those small instances, whether it's, uh, you know, somebody comes in, like, you know, you told me about somebody coming in asking you about something, and then, like, the biscuits. Like, the if somebody, if that hadn't happened at the funeral, but had happened at work, like, all it would have took, and you know all it would have took was somebody coming in and being like, whew, man, I made some bomb biscuits this morning. They ain't got to say who made, like, they made them. Not, you know, it ain't got to be a grandma connection. And your brain would be like, you start doing like this and you start thinking and you'd be like, biscuits. Why is biscuits just running in my, <gasps> I can't get them, you know, like, and that's how it, it, it affects you. We don't. But yeah. at work, I would not. Okay, last year I did cry at work. Like when people come to my office, especially when I first went back to work after Tamika died, and people come to my office and will be like, Are you okay? My instant response will be no. And I will burst out crying. And it terrified them because up to that point, I was cool, calm, and collected, like in all of my yeah. dealings. When I walk in for work, you wouldn't be able to tell that I'm like, I'm not really here. I'm, you know. Oh, they knew. I, I, I know they knew at my job because I know I just, I didn't care. No but that's more. what I'm saying. I do pretty well with appearing as though I'm fine when I'm not. Um, and mental health is so incredibly important. It is important to not always be the person that's just fine, but to really take time out. That's self care. Take time out to talk to somebody. So that you can take care of yourself, man. It's important. Because in my head, your theme song started playing. What's uh, my theme song? Push a little trip, 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 it'll never stop. 
Well, <laughs> um, but like, don't let the pressure like a drip, drip, drip. Don't let that do that to you guys, because so often there are so many people who feel like you're not allowed to emote. Men especially, men especially feel as though it is not okay to have feelings to not have a good day because you got to go and be the breadwinner and do all this other stuff. And it's like, bruh, let me tell you something. You put yourself in a grave earlier than what you should in a lot of different ways when you don't think about your own mental health and the fact that it's like, it's okay to be like, you know, like somebody can cut the grass one time or whatever manly thing you think you're the only person that can do it. Like somebody can do that one time to give you a moment to like breathe or a moment to think about something that, that that's going on with you. Um, we have to stop, especially like it's going to be so strange to see the, the evolution of this, of this pandemic stuff, because so many of us had never had to spend that much time. Some of them never had to spend that much time with their families, never had to spend that much right. time with their thoughts and you got a lot of things that are on your plate that are like coming at you all at once that you've never had to experience before. And you need to know how to go through that. You know, like our our family was not the only people who, who dealt with what they what we dealt with last year. Um, you know, a lot and, of families lost a lot of people, you know, a and, lot of families. And I'm starting to see more reports of a lot of different things of pneumonia COVID. And, you know, I, I was looking on, you know, uh, we had a, a, a recent uh, death in our, in our family with that. Um, and then uh, I think I saw Tyrese's mom was dealing with the same thing. And it's like, so I know that I'm not the only person that's going through these mental things. And we already think he crazy anyway, or at least society will make you know him himself will will make him seem kind of crazy or whatever but that's that's a mental health thing looking at kanye is a mental health thing um the way we consume tv the way we're consuming all of these things the way that we want to be close uh people are everywhere talking about the tender swindler on, on netflix and the thing about that, the reason people are continuously swindled on dating sites and everything else is a mental health deficiency of wanting to be close and and not understanding nuance of of, of closeness well, I, and, and personal connections I will, to me. I will say this. I don't think wanting to be close to people is a mental health deficiency. No, well, that not a, not we a deficient. I'm saying like off of last year, I'm saying that there are a lot of people who want a closeness to people, no matter how you get that closeness. Like, Correct. That's more so what I mean. Not correlating like uh, all desires to be close to that. But I'm saying in because pandemic times, finally being able to interact with people is 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 people are going into overdrive is what I meant. Right. We're com we're created for community. Like we can't do life by ourselves. That's like one of the things we talk about in our church. You have to be connected to people like you weren't created to exist alone. Uh, you 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 require connection with people. And I think one of the ways uh, to help you. Here's the thing. Connections with people get messy. Mm -hmm. They're not cut and dry. 
our relationships with people get uh, confusing, um, intense, and we need a way and we need a person to talk about our issues that's not necessarily so invested. That's not in the middle of it. You know what I'm saying? That can give you an objective point of view, which is why I think it's a good idea, like to find somebody outside of your family that can give you an honest, like an bird's unbiased. eye view. Yeah. Right. This is what I think you need to work on. Cause I, that's one of the things that has helped me most in therapy. My therapist doesn't ever tell me, you know, that person is a bad person. That person is trash. The aim and the goal every time is that, well, sometimes he do be like, well, that was a trash move anyway. Uh, but majority of the time, but he, like the, the point of it for him and for him, the point that he wants me to always remember is what can I do to make myself better? How do I need to move in this situation? Because we can't change people. We can only change ourselves. And having a good relationship with a therapist has enabled me to make it through some of the worst moments of my life. It's given me guidance. And another thing is when you're grieving, we've talked before about how our family is so close and Chantel talked a little bit about it on her episodes, but a lot on her episode, I put an S on it. So maybe that means she's coming back. Maybe that was a divine revelation from the Lord. We're working on it. <laughs> um, but one of the things she talked about in her episode was not really wanting to, when you're grieving and your whole family is grieving like that, you kind of don't want to feel like you're making other people feel worse when you express how you're feeling or you know I know we're all sad but I'm really really sad right now yes family is there to support you but it's good to have somebody that you feel like you can really unburden to and you know let it all out and not necessarily be making that person feel bad um and so that's another reason I think mental health is just so important and it's something we push to the side probably because we're uncomfortable and it's work. When I go to the therapist, it's not a time for me to be like, I feel so lovely. I leave a work that I need to do. And it's not always easy. It's not always pretty, but I'm a better person for it. And I think anybody that's been around me can see changes in me, ways that I've changed, things that I've implemented without therapy, baby. Uh Bible study brother and I would not have a relationship right now. Mm-mm. Period. Because she was out there. Done. Um, Therapy and Jesus. I also want you, because I know for the super safe folks, they like, well, you know, um, you know, Jesus fixes it all and he does, but he gives you resources on earth mm-hmm. to help you get to where you need to be. The the uh, One big tip I wanted to say, because I was thinking about that as you were talking about talking to unbiased people that are not your family. The other reason that this is needed is people break under your burdens as well. Like yeah, they you, do. you feel like, you know, like there are friendship groups, a hundred examples that I've seen and been around uh, where your friend is your only quote unquote therapist. They are not a therapist. They be tired. 
like you feel better because you you dumped whatever there's no and the reason like you don't consistently stay feeling better is because you're just dumping the thing that uh that you were just explaining i think is a huge key factor and it's very important because they show you the mirror and ask you what you can do i remember the first thing he told me about one of the big situations that we were dealing with um and it was like well that's narcissistic so what I'm going to tell you to do is just be happy with whatever you get, because that's what you're going to get. Like it's like expecting more is only hurting you in that regard. So when you learn to appreciate what is effective, whatever it is, you know, you can alleviate certain things. And it was a perspective change of understanding, like you're right. If there is narcissism, how could you see another person in a way that that i'm asking for so right but that's not that's not something you came to instantly is it even after he said it was there something you received in that moment uh i well yes only because it's a it was like a things that people say to me are small whispers to me from god in those situations immediately okay so if you say something and it makes a logical sense like, oh, I never thought about it that way. That clearly opens up different pages for me because my thing is right. always perspective based, which is why whenever I'm listening to preachers, if you're not showing me this in a different way or not, you ain't going into the scripture. Like if all you're doing is call and response preaching, which I just I can't do, then there's nothing I can do with that, because what I want is to understand, like, not only, OK, what was Jesus doing? What year was this? What year? Like, because all of those things, like God orchestrates everything. And as you break down everything and understand those things, it, it just becomes more clear to me. And that's what like, it's like, mm, that makes sense. That makes sense. That makes sense. Like you said stuff to me and it's literally like a piece falling from heaven. And I'm like, Oh, that makes all the sense in the world. It wasn't about this. You know, it wasn't about, uh, you know, like I didn't do anything wrong in that regard. Like it was just this that was attached to this or, or whatever. So, but long story short, like you have to see the perspective differently from outside of yourself and outside of your friend groups to actually see things for, for how they are sometimes. Um, yeah, you do. Yeah. I think it's important for everybody listening to take the time out uh, um, to realize that you are worth it. You are worth it. Um, you definitely need to do whatever you need to do to get the help you need. Um, don't wait till you are down in the gutter and desperate before you reach out for help, before you find the therapist that's good for you. I mean, you still have that option. I still would prefer that you reach out even if you're at that point. But I think it's so important to establish that kind of relationship before you get down to the, the deep, deep, dark bottoms. And for a lot of us, that's what it takes to push us to therapy. That's what it took for my family to go to therapy. We had to be pushed to the deep, dark bottoms. But even with us waiting till then, God still had a plan and he still orchestrated things because God knew what was coming. Mm-hmm. We didn't. You know, as far as we were, that was literally the lowest point in our family. 
And so we were reaching out for help. And so it did. It worked out. It always works out uh, for the good of those who love the Lord and who are called according to his purpose. It really and truly does. But I will hope that you don't have to reach a bottom in your life before you reach out for help. I want one of my things. And I, I don't know. I was talking to somebody. I don't know. But one of my one of my greatest desires is to be whole, to live a life of wholeness, being wholly healthy physically, mentally, spiritually, financially, emotionally. I want to be whole. And I have that desire for everybody that I meet. And um, even those that I don't meet, like I, I, I just have a strong desire for that. And so my prayer is that in all of our talking, this episode and our going back and forth and our sharing our stories is that you get to see that you are worth it. Your mental health is worth it. And I would encourage you to reach out. Like if you've been on the fence, if you keep hearing the same message that mental health is important and that you need a counselor or advisor in your life, then this is your opportunity to move um, and to make an action. You know, I told y'all earlier that I'm a big fan of preaching that gives me a, a, a plan, a way to live out my life. And so that's my action call to you today. Like if you consistently hear that message, then this message is for you. Seek counseling. Um, and you may go through some therapists like I went through. Jesus. But God, but I will tell you the second lady that I tried, absolutely amazing. Hit it off first session. Like, and she was able to give me some good grounded advice that I hadn't even thought of. Like, and it was not, it was just like casual conversation. She she got it. And she was able to give me some advice that's like, okay, you know what? That is a good next step for me to take. That is a good next move. Cause that first lady, her next steps and her next moves was not we. Girl, we yeah, you we, just, is we you is just, we serving the same God? I don't know what you talking about. You need somebody who, who who you just need somebody who kind of can get it. Um, because what you don't want to do, don't go into a situation and allow somebody to make you feel alone because they don't get it. That just means right. that they specifically don't understand and cannot treat in the way that you need. But that does not encompass everybody. And I know that that's a difficult thing, given the society that we live in, to give another people, another person a chance. But try. We, we really um, over here want everybody to be healthy. I know how hard it is because of how hard like mental health is being made to seem like a gimmick. It's being made to seem like keto and, and all these other, you know, all these other diets or whatever. And that's not it. It that's really is, it. you know, like really understanding that, th that there's a reason why like therapists weren't a, were always a job. This ain't been something that's not. It's just we are now addressing the term more, you know, widely. And with that, we just have to take more stock of how we're feeling because like you don't know the generational traumas that you go through if you don't talk about them 
you don't know you know you don't and i will tell you being in therapy i did not realize how many i did not realize how many things i thought were normal or not normal and that's because i was operating from a place of trauma that was a shocking thing to realize that oh everybody doesn't think like that that's just how i think because you know i oh i'm reacting to my trauma and i see it so often and i hear it so often when i'm talking to other people now i don't ever be like you operating from a place of trauma but i think it and i but it also allows me to have more empathy for people because I realize they don't even know that's where they coming from. They don't even realize that that is what they're operating out of. So being in therapy, it has helped me to empathize with the trauma that other people experience and don't even necessarily know, you know, that that's why you're living and operating your life the way you operate. You're operating from a place of trauma and you don't even know it. Um, so y'all get help, get therapy. And I love y'all, but I also am hungry. And my brother has eaten a whole meal and some pretty tasty snacks. So I don't have anything else to say. You got something, bro? Uh, no, no, nothing more than, like I said, we love y'all. and We want the best for people. And it's hard to find those genuine kinds of things um, everywhere, which is why we are trying to build that community. Um, you, you got somebody here, not just I'm 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 everybody's hype man. So I'm also hyping you to be the best <laughs> you that you can be. Um, hype man, legacy, I mean, as legacy. I'm, as I'm hyping people's legacy, I'm just saying like there are blog posts every day at BibleStudyGirl.com. Go and check. He gonna out. speak that thing into existence, uh, y'all. Oh, I'm gonna saying every every episode is happening. Like I know you're probably going on there like. Bro, there's not one a day. There will be. And there will be a time where you're able to go and you're like, Oh, there's plenty of a backlog for you guys. You got 53 pages. Hit the hit the hamburger, blah, blah, blah. Move out of my way. (laughs) Uh no. What I'm saying to you is one day you'll be able to go, one day soon. One like as you're like, I don't know when you're listening to this. And when you listen to this, be able to go and look at those blog posts. Um, if you want to hit us up on Instagram. Bible study girl. That, that's us. Follow us. Um on Twitter, Bible study girl the number two. You know? And then on Facebook, look up Bible study girl. If you don't want to leave Facebook, you can listen to the podcast over there. And if you're so inspired to become a guest, hit us up at Bible Study Girl 2019 at gmail.com. We invite all of you to come on and talk about your faith walks because all of our faith walks look different and we're here to build a better infrastructure of understanding that we're walking together, not separate. Because, I mean, it's not therapists preach, you know, some of them do. It's not high heels preach. It's not snacks or McDonald's preach, but we preach. And until we meet again, guys. Keep preaching.